When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. When you're planning your garden, do you have trouble determining how many plants you should grow? It's very easy to overdo it, especially in the first few years, because you don't know how many plants you need in order to get the volume you want your garden to produce. I was guilty of not planting enough greens the first few years, but way over planting the cucumbers. So we ended up with too few salads and way too many cucumbers. I was giving them away weekly and we canned enough pickles to provide five families for five years and I am not exaggerating. So today we'll walk through how to determine the number of seeds or plants that you'll need to plant in order to achieve the harvest you want so you can more accurately plan your garden space and not end up with too much of one thing and not enough of another. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. So settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. Firstly, let's welcome our newest gardening friends in Myanmar. Welcome to the Just Grow Something family. And a big welcome to the rest of you new listeners that may be joining for the first time today. I was recently featured on an episode of the Rural Woman podcast and interviewed by my friend and fellow podcaster, Caitlin Dubin. And I'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes so you can go over and listen to that fun conversation. And I know many of her listeners have jumped in here to start listening, and I'm super happy to have you here. So welcome. Now, let's talk about estimating seed and plant needs. This is not only handy for planning your initial garden, but also useful if you feel like you want to expand your garden. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth in the next week or so, so keep this information today in your back pocket for when we dig further into that topic. So way back in episode two of this podcast, we talked about ways to figure out what you wanted to grow and how much of it that you would need, and then using that information to determine the number of seeds or seedlings to plant. Today's conversation is sort of an overview of that episode with a little more clarity and, dare I say, much better audio. Those first few episodes, let me just say that I love those of you who tell me that you've just started listening and you went all the way back and started listening from the beginning, like from episode one. 
Um, but that also totally makes me cringe. <laughs> We've come a long way in the last year or so. So back in that episode, I referenced a document from the University of Missouri Extension Service, and I'm going to link to that document in the show notes because it is invaluable for not just knowing how much of each plant that you need to feed one person, but also for plant spacing. And if you're in Missouri, it's also awesome for telling you when to plant those crops. But for the rest of the world, that part won't be very accurate. So we're going to focus on the section that talks about yield. Because really, that's what we're trying to figure out, right? How many green bean plants do I need to produce enough green beans to feed my husband and I during the gardening season and to have enough to can or freeze for us to have our regular meals throughout the winter and to share with the kids and their families when they come for dinner? This is essentially what we want to know for every single thing we grow in our gardens because you don't want to grow too little spinach and lettuce and too many cucumbers because let's be honest, we can only eat so much of what we harvest at once when it's fresh and come on, nobody needs that many pickles. Of course, this resource from the University of Missouri is a good resource because it has compiled this information all in one place. You can absolutely look up the expected yield for each crop that you plan to grow and then do the math that way. Each resource may be slightly different in what it tells you, and none of these resources can take into account the different conditions of your garden bed, your climate, and your garden's mesoclimate or microclimate. These are always going to be estimates, and this is why a garden journal is so important, because you, too, are going to be compiling all that important information from your garden into one place. You and I can plant the exact same variety of beans at what would be the ideal time for our area and treat those plants exactly the same way, and we will have totally different yields because our soils are different, our weather patterns are different, our pest and disease pressures are different, and all of those factors matter. So if you keep track of what your soil conditions and weather patterns and pest and disease pressure is from year to year, and you track how much you harvested from your plants. You may be able to determine if it was just a bad year for pests or weather, or if maybe a different variety might be needed. And sometimes it helps you figure out that maybe that particular crop isn't one that yields well enough for you to keep in your garden plant, and you might abandon that for something else. Let's touch on that really quickly because that reinforces my mantra of there is no gardening perfection and that nobody should feel bad because their garden doesn't look like it came out of Better Homes and Gardens magazine or off of a Pinterest pin. Sometimes there may be a fruit or veggie crop that for whatever reason just doesn't seem to do well for you. Maybe it's the pest pressure in your region. Maybe it's a demanding crop that you just can't keep up with. Whatever the reason, there is no shame in deciding that you're going to stop growing something and substitute something else in its place. Trust me, my personality loves a challenge, and I am one who keeps trying at something until I get it right. I am super stubborn. But when you have limited space to work with and you need to maximize the space that you have, it may not make sense to continue trying to grow something that's just not making the best use of that space. One crop that plagues gardeners here in the Midwest is zucchini. Either it grows like a weed for you and puts out so many zucchini that you're giving it away, or 
you barely get one squash out of it before it's killed off by squash bugs and vine borers. We've battled that battle for years, and for many home gardeners that I talk to, they love zucchini, but the effort just isn't worth it. So they forget about the zucchini plants. They put something in that they can get a great harvest from, and they just buy their zucchini from the local farmer's market. Don't let a failing crop steal the joy from your gardening efforts. Okay, enough on that tangent. Back to calculating the number of plants that we need. First things first, you need to know how much space you're working with, what veggies you use the most in your kitchen, how many people you're feeding from your garden, and whether you want enough left over from your harvest to preserve for later. Now, once you gather all that information, then we're going to look at the chart in the MU guide or do a search online to figure out how many plants we'll need over the course of the season. Remember, some of these crops are going to be in place all season long, and some are going to be intermittent. Some produce continuously, and some need to be planted in succession to get a continuous harvest. All of these factors need to be taken into consideration. So start by drawing out your garden space. I mean, actually drawing it out on a piece of paper or on a computer program, whatever is the easiest for you. This is an important tool to maximizing your harvest. Include all of your in-ground space, your raised beds, and all of your pots and your other containers. This makes it much easier to see where each crop can go. You can mark this drawing with what goes where and for how long. So if you have an early planting of lettuce, you know those plants are only going to be in that space for about six to eight weeks, and you won't replant those until later on toward the fall when the weather cools again. So this visually lets you see that you have space for something else in that spot in the meantime. So let's use those green beans I talked about as an example. Let's say my husband and I eat green beans twice per week when they're in season, and I want to can up enough for us to eat them once a week during the winter, Plus, I want to have enough canned to have them at big family meals once a month. So if I look at the MU guide, it tells me that one person needs 10 to 15 row feet of green beans for fresh use and 20 to 30 feet of plants for processing. Most sources say that 10 feet of bush green beans, which is what we grow, will yield about three pounds of beans over their two to three week harvest time. Well, a serving size of green beans is one cup or around four ounces. So that 10 foot row will provide 12 servings over say about three weeks. Well, that's enough for my husband and I to have two servings each week for those three weeks, but we like bigger servings. So let's just say I need 15 feet of green beans, but, the green bean season is longer than those three weeks. We can start harvesting green beans here as early as mid-June and keep going until the first frost hits in mid-October, with a brief break in the hottest part of July and August. So if we want to be eating fresh green beans almost continuously for those four months, I need to have enough space in the garden to successively plant beans every two to three weeks and give them the 50 to 60 days or so it takes to get to maturity and start producing, and keep them in place for the three weeks of harvest before I pull and replace them. And if I want to have enough extra to can up what we want to eat through the winter, plus what we need for family gatherings, 
I need to produce another 30 pounds or so during the season to put away for later. So ideally, I'll need to plant a total of 100 additional row feet across the growing season for my canning. And this is where that drawn out garden map comes into play. I need to place on my map several spots where I can grow all of these beans. Now, planting dates for us for growing bean green beans in our area are from around April 15th to May 20th, and then again from around July 25th to August 10th. So if I plant every two weeks during those two planting windows, I can manage to plant three times in the spring and twice in the summer for a fall harvest. So if I break up the 100 row feet that I need for canning beans across the number of times that I'm planting for fresh use, I'll need about 20 extra row feet plus the 15 that I need for fresh use. So that means I'll need space to plant 35 row feet of beans three times in the spring and twice in the late summer. So now, not only do I know how much space I'll need to grow all those beans, but now I also know how many seeds I'll need to buy. A quick search online tells me that a quarter pound of green bean seeds is needed for every 100 foot row. So if I'm planting 35 row feet five times during the season and I wanna give myself a little bit of a cushion, then I can safely say that I need about a half a pound of green bean seeds. I can now buy those at the beginning of the season and have all the seeds I need on hand for when I'm ready to plant. No running around to the stores to find more bean seeds midsummer. And if I only buy what I need, I don't have a ton of seeds that I need to store up for the next year. Unless, of course, I find a good deal, in which case I'm buying what I need for the next three years in bulk and storing them up. I am all about a good deal and a solid seed stash, but that's just me. So let's try another example using plants instead of seeds. A common summer veggie here in the Midwest is the good old homegrown tomato. It's always in high demand and there's nothing like it. Many gardeners simply grow them for fresh use during the season and they don't have any desire to can them up. Others rely on a boatload of tomatoes to be canned up for salsa and pasta sauce and such throughout the winter. This is why it's important to know why you're gardening and have that why in mind when you plan your space. It's super easy to go to the local farmer's market in late spring and see all kinds of really cool heirloom tomato varieties just begging to go home with you. You need to have an idea ahead of time of how many plants you need and how many you have space for before you start bringing them home. You don't want to be scrambling to find a spot for that really cool Berkeley tie-dye tomato plant that you bought on a whim when you have 20 other tomato plants that are already competing for space. So let's go back to our MU guide. According to the extension service, we need three to five plants per person for fresh use for the season and five to 10 plants for processing. Now, since everyone's canning needs are totally different, let's just stick with fresh use for this example. This guide is just a guide. It can't tell you exactly how many pounds of tomatoes you're going to get. Every garden is different, and the yield on every variety of tomato is different too. But it's a good starting point, and you can use your garden journal to document how each variety does for you, and then use that for reference the next year. Keep in mind, most heirloom varieties 
are going to produce fewer tomatoes and take longer to start producing, while more modern hybrids have been bred to produce more tomatoes and start yielding those tomatoes earlier in the season. It's a good idea to plant both and decide what you like. I have a few standard varieties that I grow without fail every single year, and then I like to experiment with like one or two new ones just to see if I can find a new favorite. So if MU is saying that you need three to five plants per person, let's examine that. A typical serving size is one medium whole tomato. Now, if you're a tomato lover, you might want two or three servings a day. But if you just like tomatoes in your salads and maybe some dishes, you may only need a few tomatoes per week. So once again, this is where you have to know why you're gardening to help you determine how many plants you need so you're not sneaking tomatoes onto your neighbor's porches in the middle of the night and running away. Depending on what you're growing, you might get as few as 20 medium-sized tomatoes per plant, and you may get as many as 100 in a good year. For cherry tomatoes and sauce tomatoes, it's a whole other ballgame. My best advice is assume that you'll get about 10 pounds of tomatoes per plant and just make your plan from there. Record what varieties you plant and what each one yields and you'll have a better idea for the next year. In any case, once you determine your need, you'll have a good guess at how many plants to buy and you won't be tempted to overpurchase. Once heard someone say, a podcast is like a garden. The gardener puts in the effort, but everybody benefits. I think that's pretty accurate. This podcast is a labor of love, and I hope that every one of you is reaping the benefits. If you get lots of great information from this podcast and would like to support it monetarily, you can do that by becoming a patron for as little as $2 a month over on Patreon. I'd like to thank my patrons for supporting this and every episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. And if you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething. The link is in the show notes. Now, one more example. Let's talk about those leafy greens that I mentioned. Just like green beans, these need succession planting to keep you in a continuous harvest. And you're going to have a break in that harvest during the hottest part of the season. These are the types of crops that you can often tuck in and around other larger crops to save yourself some space. So if you determine that you need 10 heads of lettuce per person in your family in the spring and another 10 per person in the fall, you can figure out how much space that needs and plan accordingly. You also now know how many seeds you need. So you may decide to start them where your tomatoes are going to be planted and then put the tomatoes in before the lettuce comes out Harvest the lettuce and let the tomatoes do their thing, and then plant the fall lettuce in the understory of the midsummer tomato plants to shade them a little as they grow. You'll have the information you need to know how many seeds to buy, and you'll grow what you need of both crops and leave other valuable garden space for those green beans that you want to grow. No matter what resources you use, whether it's the MU guide I link to or the Bonnie Plants page that I'll link to, or any number of university websites or gardening sites, it's a good idea to have the yield information at your disposal when planning out your garden. I am absolutely a planning junkie. I love having all of the information and then figuring it all out ahead of time before I do anything. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being spontaneous in the garden. But when you're just starting out or when you're expanding, 
and you only have a certain amount of space to work with, it's good to know what you want to grow and then figure out how much of it you need to make your garden a success and not a stress. I hope that points you in the right direction for determining how many plants or seeds you need for your garden at different stages of the season. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram or Facebook or jump into the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. You can also send me an email from the website at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I'll talk to you again next week. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, head on over to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com for all the episodes, show notes, blog posts, discount codes, and more. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. You can also head to Facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. And if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon.